0: with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/conspiracy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.com/conspiracy.
1: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Life is a highway,
0: and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem. Of a detour.
2: On October 15, 1959, 12 of the most powerful nations in the world met in the United States Capitol for the Washington Conference on Antarctica. Led by the U.S., participants included Australia, France, Japan, the Soviet Union, and the United Kingdom. The event's purpose, to ensure the demilitarization of Antarctica.
0: On December 1st, 1959, all 12 nations signed the Antarctic Treaty into action. The agreement was the first arms limitation since World War II. It strictly prohibited any and all military measures, maneuvers, or arms testing in Antarctica.
2: Antarctica is a glacial wasteland. It's the only continent on Earth without indigenous inhabitants. Today, its population consists almost entirely of scientific researchers from around the world. At peak occupation, the population of the fifth largest continent on our planet is home to just over 4,000 people. That's roughly one person per 7,000 square miles it may come as no surprise, but all nine countries currently
0: occupying territory in Antarctica helped pen the Antarctic Treaty six decades ago.
2: Why, in the midst of the Cold War, did so many world leaders have such a vested interest in a 5.4 million square mile sheet of ice? Did it have anything to do with the establishment of NASA over a year prior?
0: Maybe our world leaders were less interested in what they could discover in Antarctica and more interested in what they needed to keep hidden.
2: You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Parcast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Conspiracy Theories for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Conspiracy Theories in the search bar. At Parcast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network.
0: And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help.
2: This is our second and final episode on the Flat Earth Movement, which started on the fringe but is now breaking into the mainstream. Flat Earthers, per their name, believe the Earth is flat, but that's just the tip of the ice wall.
0: Last week, we tracked the history of humans' belief that the Earth is a sphere. From Aristotle's observations of our constellations to NASA's Apollo missions to the moon, the majority of humans have come to believe that the Earth is a sphere. And the logic behind why began more than 2,000 years
2: ago. But not everyone is convinced that NASA's photographs of our planet are real. So we explored the history of photographic manipulation to determine whether it might be possible for NASA to fake their evidence. Turns out, humans have been manipulating photographs for almost as long as they've been taking them.
0: We ended last week with the origin of the Flat Earth Movement, experiments made by a man called Sam Robotham, a.k.a. Farallaxe, and the manifesto his experiments inspired. zetetic Astronomy,
2: Earth, Not a Globe. This week, we'll dive deeper into the theories of Robotham and the movement he inspired. The most popular modern theories are as follows.
0: Theory one, the sky is a dome, the Earth is flat, and all of its contents are held intact by Antarctica.
2: Theory two, the Earth sits at the center of our universe and was created by something much larger than mankind. Theory three, NASA
0: is intentionally hiding the true nature of Earth's form. While they claim to be conducting space research, in reality they are laundering money to fund their secret
2: projects. Theory four, gravity isn't real. The sensation of gravity is created by Earth's constant upward momentum through space, propelled by a force they refer to as dark energy.
0: Due to the fact that all theories stem from Theory 1, the Earth is flat, and because there are so many different iterations of Flat Earth Theory, we'll be saving all our rankings for the end of the episode.
2: Don't worry. It's worth the wait.
0: In order to fully grasp flat-earth theory, it's important to understand where it comes from. It took root in a utopian socialist commune in England, where Samuel Burley Robotham was born in 1816. The community was founded on the teachings of Robert Owen, one of the founders of utopian socialism and the cooperative
2: movement. It was meant to be a self-sustaining community. Tradesmen and women of all kinds worked together towards the betterment of the whole. They preached and practiced peaceful revolution. Most of them were very religious. Horobotham was no exception. He was at once rebellious and religious.
0: He spent his childhood poring over the Bible as much as his textbooks. As Robotham grew older and his academic studies advanced, however, he was suddenly confronted with frustrating contradictions.
2: Newtonian science didn't reconcile well with the teachings of the Bible. Genesis spoke of the Earth's four corners, with the heavens above the Earth. The Earth couldn't be a globe. Though Robotham struggled with the plausibility of Newton's ideas, he ultimately made his decision— His own words sum it up best.
0: The Bible cannot be other than the word and teaching of God. We find ourselves in possession of a solid and certain foundation for all our future investigations. Essentially, the Bible is the word of God and is the factual foundation of knowledge.
2: Interestingly enough, Robotham was also a staunch proponent of the empirical method, the form of scientific inquiry that believes humans should question everything that can't be confirmed by their senses.
0: In fact, it was in an attempt to maintain both his scientific and religious convictions that Robotham launched an experiment that would change the outcome of his life the Bedford Level Experiment.
2: In 1838, Rowbotham waded into the shallow waters of England's Old Bedford River. Peering through a telescope held just six inches from the surface of the water, he watched a sailboat travel six miles down the river away from him.
0: When the sailboat didn't disappear below the horizon, he determined that the earth must be flat. In Robotham's mind, six miles was too long for the curvature of the earth to not hide any part of the ship. Delighted and validated, Robotham began implementing strategies to spread the news of his discovery, beginning with touring England and lecturing anyone who would listen.
2: It was the beginning of theories one and two. The Earth is flat and it sits at the center of our universe.
0: Robotham held that the Earth was, as the Bible alludes to in Genesis, a flat square with its sky above. He also believed that it sat at the center of our solar system, again, a biblically based belief.
2: It's worth noting, however, that there is a passage from Isaiah that reads, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. Robotham must have missed this apparent reference to the curvature of the earth or chosen to ignore it. Instead, he carried on his path. In 1849, he
0: published a small pamphlet under the straightforward title Zetetic Astronomy, a description of several experiments which prove that the surface of the sea is a perfect plane and that the earth is not a globe. The etymology of the word zetetic stems from the Greek verb zeteia, which loosely means to proceed by inquiry.
2: Due to the fact that this is an audio medium, you may not have heard the exclamation point at the end of the title.
0: He also published the pamphlet under the pseudonym Parallax. Why? Well, nobody is quite sure, no matter what he chose to call himself, though, when Robotham, or Parallax, first began touring England, he was an inexperienced debater and orator, and unfortunately for him, it led to some problems.
2: On December 5, 1849, Robotham scheduled a lecture at the Working Men's Newsroom in Blackburn. Things didn't go quite as planned. During the lecture, some attendees wanted to know why the hulls of ships that traveled out to sea disappeared before their masts. Their own empirical evidence seemed inconsistent with the Bedford-level experiment.
0: Robotham became flustered. Instead of defending his position, he announced that the answers would be revealed during his next lecture, which was two days away. It placated the room for the moment, but when attendees showed up to the next lecture to finally get their answers, Robotham didn't show up. He was entirely MIA.
2: In what might be described as the most elegant burn of all time, a journalist from the Blackburn Standard wrote of the experience. Friday evening came. The fire was comfortably lighted, and the company collected, but no parallax appeared. The person's present, of course, concluded that he had slipped off the icy edge of his flat disc.
0: Well, despite the slights he received, the lecture was only a minor setback for Robotham. With more experience, his wit sharpened and he learned how to handle his doubters. And as his skills grew, so did his following. In time, he was charging six pence for his lectures.
2: It's unclear whether his ideas were popular, because they were convincing, or laughable. It was likely some of both. Robotham had his fair share of critics, even in his day.
0: Either way, laughable or not, his ideas were suddenly becoming profitable, which meant that Robotham's passion was getting closer to becoming a sustainable enterprise. With his success, however, there were higher stakes.
2: In 1864, some of the naysayers began spreading rumors that Robotham would not agree to a scientific challenge to prove his theory. But, to their surprise, Robotham accepted. Spurred on by his challengers, Robotham arrived at Plymouth Hoe on the coast of England, ready to prove that the world was flat.
0: Robotham arrived to find a telescope. His challengers had set it up, pointing towards the Eddystone Lighthouse. Their experiment was a close equivalent to Robotham's own Bedford-level experiment. They hypothesized that when the lighthouse was viewed from greater distances of equal altitude, it would get cut off in larger and larger quantities at the horizon due to the
2: curve of the Earth. The experiment didn't end in Robotham's favor. He saw exactly what they wanted him to see, the opposite result of his own experiment.
0: But even though Robotham was presumably proven wrong, it didn't seem to faze him at all. His views didn't waver. Instead, he vehemently and loudly insisted that the experiment only proved his stance further, without explaining how or why. And... It worked. Many observers of the challenge walked away actually believing Robotham. There was no stopping his fervor.
2: In fact, Robotham only became more engaged with his work. In 1865, he expanded his pamphlet into a 460-page book under the more succinct but equally on-the-nose title Zetetic Astronomy, Earth, Not a Globe.
0: To this day, the book remains one of the most fundamental texts for Flat Earthers. It is filled to the brim with documentation of experiments, theories, and mathematical equations proving the Earth is flat. Its final pages are loaded with excerpts of praise from his peers and students.
2: With the book as their manifesto, Robotham's followers began spreading his Flat Earth message on their own. On January 12, 1870, one of his followers, John Hampton, advertised a challenge in the weekly journal Scientific Opinion. He offered 500 pounds to anyone who could prove the Earth was curved.
0: Well, the contest was originally set to be judged by an unbiased representative, an editor of The Field magazine named John Henry Walsh. But before the contest began... Hamden demanded an additional judge be added. He suggested William Carpenter, a notorious proponent of flat-earth theory. Hamden had faith in the flat-earth theory, but he was still determined to stack the odds in his favor.
2: The man who took Hampton up on the wager was Alfred Russell Wallace. Today, Wallace is considered the father of both biogeography and the theory of evolution through natural selection. His work directly inspired Darwin's on the origin of species. In 1870, 500 pounds was a lot of money,
0: and Wallace thought Hamden's wager would prove to be easy cash. He also thought it was a kind and effective way to convince Robotham's other followers, whom he considered zealots, that the earth was not, as they said, flat.
2: As the day of the wager approached, the stakes were high. Hamden had a lot to lose, and Wallace had plenty to gain, but nobody anticipated just how heated things would become.
0: Coming up, the winner of the bet is decided, and the Flat Earth Movement enters the age of NASA. This episode is brought to you by Terminix.
1: Now back to the story.
2: Samuel Burley Rowbotham's Bedford-level experiment and his ensuing book Zetetic Astronomy launched the founding principles of the Flat Earth Movement as we know it today. In 1870, Flat Earther and Rowbotham follower John Hampton offered 500 pounds to anyone who could prove that the Earth was curved. Famed scientist Alfred Russell Wallace took him up on his offer, thinking it would be easy money. But when Judgment Day came, the stakes were high. For his
0: experiment, Wallace measured and placed four items at the same height above the water in a straight line equidistant from each other. They were spread out along a six-mile stretch of the old Bedford River, If, when viewed through a telescope, the center object appeared higher than the rest, it would show the curvature of the Earth. If they all appeared to be at the same height, he would concede.
2: There had been a lot of lead-up and preparation for the event. The event itself, however, was over in the blink of an eye, as quickly as it took to look through the telescope. Anyone who did said that the centermost object appeared to be the highest.
0: Despite Hamden's best efforts, Wallace
2: was determined the winner. He was a good natured winner, though. He offered an explanation for why Robotham's experiments were not properly executed. Robotham hadn't taken into consideration the tricks that light refraction can play on images viewed so close to the surface of the water.
0: Alternatively, Hamden was not a good natured loser. He refused to concede victory to Wallace, calling him a swindler and a thief. Even when Wallace returned the money, Hamden campaigned against him. Not just for a day or a week, but for nearly 15 years, Hamden persisted in his harassment, writing to scientific publications
2: and even to Wallace's wife, The harassment was so bad that Wallace eventually won multiple fraud and libel lawsuits against Hamden, who then spent time in jail. The success, however, was bittersweet. The wager had proven far from the easy money that Wallace had anticipated. He ended up spending more on the lawsuits than he won in the first place.
0: And despite the fact that Wallace had officially proven the earth was curved, the flat earthers were undeterred in their beliefs. Upon Robotham's death in 1884, a peer of Hamden, Lady Elizabeth Blunt, founded the Universal Zetetic Society.
2: The Universal Zetetic Society published a magazine called Earth Not a Globe Review. Its objective was to spread knowledge that confirmed the holy scriptures with practical scientific investigation.
0: The Universal Zetetic Society and their publication continued for years to varying degrees of success, but it experienced a steady decline in participation beginning around the dawn of the 20th century. It appeared that Flat Earthers had lost the fervor and zeal that had once attracted so many. The dedicated few remaining were considered by many of their contemporaries to be religious zealots.
2: The Universal Society fizzled out until it experienced a rebranding. In 1956, a man named Samuel Shinton created the International Flat Earth Research Society. Shenton,
0: who was English as well, embraced Roe Botham's ideas and experiments, but focused less on religious texts. Though devoutly religious, he publicly presented himself as a man of science. He would even become an inducted member of the Royal Astronomical and Royal Geographical Societies.
2: Like flat earthers who came before him, Shenton jumped at any opportunity he got to speak about his beliefs. Unfortunately for him, in 1958, only two years after Shenton founded the International Flat Earth Research Society, NASA was established. Soon, satellite images of the curvature of the Earth were making headlines, not just in America, but around the world.
0: Though Shenton dismissed the images, saying that they were optical illusions created by wide-angle lenses, it was likely around this time that the popular model of flat Earth transitioned from a square to a disk. It may also have been around this time that another idea was added to flat Earth theory that Antarctica is actually a giant ice wall around Earth's perimeter. It was a solution to the question of why all of Earth's contents didn't just spill off its
2: sides. Later, when NASA's astronauts returned home with photographs of the Earth as a sphere, Shenton still maintained that the images were faked. Even when the Sputnik satellite began orbiting the Earth in October 1957, Shenton had these words for the press.
0: Would sailing around the Isle of Wight prove that it were spherical?
2: It was Shenton who began the now popular flatter Theory No. 3. NASA was faking images to hide the true shape of our Earth. And Shenton wasn't alone in believing there was something to hide. His theory coincided with the genesis of another conspiracy theory, that NASA faked the moon landing. Taking a line
0: similar to the one espoused by moon landing conspiracy theorists, Shenton believed NASA was faking space research in order to launder tax dollars. They then used that money to fund top-secret projects. As for what those top-secret projects involved, he never explained or even tried to. They were, after all, top-secret.
2: Throughout his life, Shenton would receive plenty of derision for his views, but the International Flat Earth Research Society still managed to amass members. Upon Shenton's death in March 1971, there were roughly 100 followers.
0: Charles K. Johnson took over for Shenton as the president of what would come to be known as the Flat Earth Society. Together with his wife, he ran the group out of their home in Kern County, Southern California.
2: Johnson created pamphlets and publications like Flat Earth News, which he would hand out to strangers on the street. He even instituted membership fees to fund his publications, which were aimed at spreading the word. And it worked. It worked. Under his leadership, the Flat Earth Society grew to nearly 3,500 members.
0: One of Johnson's major contributions to Flat Earth thought was his explanation for why NASA was falsifying information. His suspicion was that NASA intended to replace religion with science, though he never quite explained their motivations for doing so.
2: And then, Johnson noticed something that sent a shiver down his spine, an image that pointed towards an even larger cover-up, one that went far beyond NASA, all the way to the United Nations. The
0: image had been hiding in plain sight. It was the emblem for the United Nations, the very same emblem that is used as its logo today and sits at the center of its flag.
2: It was created in 1945 by a man named Oliver Lincoln Lundquist and his design team. The perimeter of the emblem is a wreath made of two olive branches. Nesting inside those olive branches sits a map of our planet, a map that looks identical to the one proposed by flat earthers.
0: Contrary to popular maps of the time, the UN chose to feature the North Pole at the center on a round disc, with every other country surrounding it. But why? Why would the largest intercontinental organization that has ever existed choose to represent the Earth as a flat disc if they actually believed otherwise? Was it simultaneously an acknowledgement of the truth and a symbol of global leaders' commitment to keeping the truth hidden?
2: In 1959, when the Antarctic Treaty designated Antarctica a place of peaceful scientific research, their suspicions were fueled even further. Flat Earthers believe that the Antarctic Treaty was an effort by members of the United Nations to cover up something, and it wasn't long before they determined that that something must be the ice wall surrounding Earth.
0: Well, there was no better explanation for international interest in securing Antarctica's safety than the idea that it was literally holding our planet together.
2: Despite this new theory, the Flat Earth Society experienced a decline in support in the later years of Charles Johnson's leadership.
0: Finally, after a 1995 fire at the Johnsons' home destroyed much of their paperwork, the Society shut its doors.
2: Johnson passed away on March 19, 2001.
0: But even though the Flat Earth Society was gone, its ideas weren't.
2: People from all corners of the world still had questions about the true nature of Earth. The movement just fell silent, hidden in isolation, without a forum to freely express its opinions. But they wouldn't have to wait long. After just three short years, The digital age changed everything. The Flat Earth Society resurfaced
0: in 2004, this time on the internet. A man named Daniel Shenton created an online forum for Flat Earthers under the name Flat Earth Society. Oddly enough, this Shenton had no relation to the Samuel Shenton who started the International Flat Earth Research Society in 1956. But, suddenly, there was a place for Flat Earthers to exchange ideas and questions with other like-minded, curious individuals. It was, by and large, a safe space, free from ridicule.
2: It is through these anonymous forums that the ideas of the Flat Earth movement began to spread and evolve. Suddenly, the holes in Flat Earth theory were being filled in with new answers, ideas, and theories— In 2009, the Flat Earth Society Forum launched as an official website with membership opportunities and their own wiki.
0: But with the diversity of ideas comes friction. If one thing is clear, it's that not all modern flat earthers share the same beliefs. The only true universal belief is that the Earth is
2: flat. In 2013, the differences led to the Flat Earth Society splitting into two factions. Currently, there are two different online organizations called the Flat Earth Society. From what we can tell, there is no concrete, simple distinction between the two.
0: Though much of what modern flat-earthers believe is still rooted in Robotham's original teachings, their beliefs have evolved over time to account for outside counter-arguments. For instance, in this digital age, flat-earthers took on the concept of gravity.
2: By definition, the theory of flat-earth and gravity can't coexist. Gravity is a force that draws inward. If the world is flat, inward is not a direction. In the words of astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, energy and gravity conspire to turn objects into spheres. Gravity is the force that serves to collapse matter in all directions. So, how do flat earthers explain gravity?
0: Well, their theory, our conspiracy theory number four, is called universal acceleration. It states that a dark energy is constantly propelling the Earth upward, at the rate of 9.8 meters per second squared. It's that constant acceleration that provides the
2: sensation of gravity. At first glance, it seems almost plausible. We don't actually know what creates gravity. Why not call it dark energy? Maybe we are in a giant elevator. It's certainly creative, especially considering it's not based on any evidence.
0: Well, without the type of funding that NASA has, creativity is a necessity.
2: And no flat earther has gotten more creative than Mike Hughes. Hughes, entirely self-taught, built his own rocket and shot himself into
0: the air. He was determined to observe the horizon for himself.
2: Coming up... We'll explore why the Flat Earth movement is more popular now than it's been in centuries.
0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McKrispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this
1: juicy gem of a detour. Now, back
2: to the story. By 2016, platforms like YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter helped Flat Earthers reach people all across the world.
0: One of those people was Mike Hughes, a limo driver and daredevil from California who holds the Guinness World Record for the longest car jump ever made in a stretch limousine.
2: In 2016, Hughes created a campaign to raise money to build a rocket that would launch him into the air. He wanted to see the world from a height that would prove, once and for all, that the Earth was flat. It
0: wasn't Hughes' first attempt at launching himself into the air. In 2014, Hughes built a rocket that was able to propel him 1,374 feet high. It was a semi-successful experiment, with some
2: terrifying kinks. His rocket immediately plummeted back down to earth and smashed into the ground with his body inside. The parachute had failed.
0: Onlookers rushed to the rocket to make sure he was okay.
2: But as supporters pulled his body from the cabin, Hughes pled to not be moved. He thought he might have broken his back. Luckily, his back was, for the most part, fine. But he did sustain injuries that put him in a wheelchair for two weeks.
0: Despite the difficulty of his first flight, Hughes was determined to try again. He knew he could do better, so he reached out to the Flat Earth community for support.
2: With their help, he raised nearly $8,000 and set to work on a new and improved rocket. His second flight proved as difficult as the first. Allegedly, he had some difficulty with the Bureau of Land Management and the Federal Aviation Administration. But eventually, he got clearance for takeoff.
0: On March 24, 2018, in California's Mojave Desert, Hughes' second rocket took flight. The steam-powered homemade rocket built with used parts from eBay, reached 350 miles per hour and a peak altitude of 1,875 feet. Video of the launch is unsettling, to say the least.
2: The rocket fell at an alarming rate, and once again, the parachute was late. Hughes landed nearly 1,500 feet from the original launch site. Luckily, he only suffered minor injuries in his words, just a sore back. But his experiment, he had to admit, hadn't been a success. He didn't get high enough to see any conclusive evidence about the shape of our planet.
0: Well, despite the failure, Mike Hughes' rocket experiment made quite a splash. He made headlines and television appearances, and the Daredevil's quest for the truth isn't over. He plans to try again.
2: Those plans include attaching a rocket to a gas-powered balloon that can carry him into the atmosphere before launching. He hopes to fly 68 miles in the air. Then, maybe, he can determine once and for all if the world is flat.
0: Hughes isn't the only one making a splash in the contemporary Flat Earth community. YouTubers like Mark Sargent have gained niche stardom for their videos on Flat Earth Theory. Sargent's video series, Flat Earth Clues, has racked up hundreds of thousands of views.
2: In 2018, he became the subject of the documentary Behind the Curve. The documentary explored the Flat Earth community, their beliefs, and their rise in popularity.
0: As a leader in the Flat Earth community, Sargent's particular brand of theory includes the belief that our planet is entirely enclosed. Not only has NASA never gone to space, but he believes it's an impossible feat.
2: Sargent, and many others, believe that the sky, referred to as the firmament, is a physical barrier and a simulation similar to what you'd find in a planetarium. It's this simulation that controls daytime, nighttime, and all the stars we see. The belief is that the simulation is either controlled by NASA or some other
0: being." He equates the phenomenon to elements from the movie The Truman Show, starring Jim Carrey, where his entire life is a movie set. Carrey is constantly being filmed and broadcast to audiences everywhere.
2: Other popular theories are that the Sun and Moon's diameters each only measure 32 miles. They are located directly above the Earth, just 3,000 miles away from its surface. For perspective, 3,000 miles is roughly the distance it would take you to drive from the East Coast to the West Coast of the United States. While well, the Sun and the Moon create day and night by
0: rotating around the Earth, equidistant from each other as if on opposite ends of a spinner you might use in a board game.
2: Some theories are even controversial amongst flat earthers. For instance, the theory that trees no longer exist. You heard correctly, trees don't exist. Flat earthers who espouse this belief don't claim that there are not things that we call trees all around us. They claim that trees were wiped out long ago, and what humans are now surrounded by are actually inferior plants, tall bushes even.
0: It all may seem a bit out there, but today the Flat Earth community has shown massive growth. It's stepped out from behind its internet forums and into the public eye, now encompassing celebrities like reality star Teela Tequila, rapper and singer B.O.B., and NBA player Kyrie Irving.
2: But some so-called Flat Earth celebrities would be better labeled as questioning rather than committed to the cause. And I think you could say the same about most flat earthers. Their level of commitment varies widely, which makes it difficult to know how many true believers there actually are.
0: Well, some very rough estimates say that there are as many as 6.5 million Americans who believe that the earth is flat, roughly 2.5% of the population. But no matter how many there are, there's no mistaking that the flat earth movement is grabbing attention in headlines
2: so many, in fact, that there are now Flat Earth Conferences. The 2019 Flat Earth International Conference was held on November 14th and 15th in Dallas, Texas. It was the fourth annual event of its kind and a follow-up to the 2018 conference held in Denver, Colorado. Early bird passes started at $199 and sold out. General admission tickets went for $250 and VIP for $400.
0: The event included workshops like Flat Earth 101, The History of the Globe Deception, and Biblical Cosmology. Mark Sargent, the popular YouTube Flat Earther, was one of many speakers.
2: There were sponsors, vendors, and you could even live stream the conference from the comfort of your own living room for the low price of $40.
0: So, what's the truth to it all? Well, let's start our rankings with Robotham's test, the Bedford-level experiment. Well, that seemed like a simple, plausible experiment. If the Earth were curved, Samuel Robotham should have seen the sailboat dip below the horizon.
2: Not exactly. As Alfred Russell Wallace pointed out, Robotham didn't take into consideration light refraction and its ability to play tricks on our eyes. It's a very common phenomenon. In fact, during the final seconds of a sunset, while the sun appears to be hovering in the sky, it's actually already below the horizon. There are plenty of experiments that anyone can conduct in their own home to replicate the phenomenon with just a glass of water, a flashlight, and picture.
0: Well there is also evidence to suggest Robotham manipulated his experiments in order to achieve his desired result despite his ardent espousal of empirical method. I don't think it's a coincidence that his major findings were all drawn from experiments held at the same river around the same time of day, always viewed through a telescope just six inches above the water.
2: Not to mention, on more than one occasion, his experiments were proven wrong during his lifetime. His vehement denials and constant reiteration of his point didn't make him right, It just made him persistent. But sometimes passion is all it takes to start a movement. History has certainly proven that to be true.
0: Robotham's equations have been disproven by nearly every scientist and mathematician that has come after him, whether they were religious or
2: not. I think Robotham said it best. He wanted a way to confirm the holy scriptures. So he designed circumstances that, when interpreted just right could
0: well it's also worth mentioning that neither the catholic church nor any other major religion interprets the bible with such literalism anymore they generally do not believe the earth is flat and they don't believe that it sits at the center of the universe
2: the one flat earth concept that i can't wrap my head around is this they insist that the earth is flat but are willing to concede that all other planets are spheres Why would every other planet in our solar system be different than our own? Why would all of them be operating under the same laws proposed by astrophysics, but not ours? Well, given everything, I think
0: I would have to rank theory number one that the Earth is flat a 1 out of 10.
2: I might as well. But doesn't debunking theory 1 disprove every other theory? Well, maybe. Maybe not. I'll take theory 2.
0: The Earth sits at the center of the universe and was created by something larger than
2: ourselves. There is a kernel of truth buried in that idea that I think even scientists and flat earthers can agree on. Nobody knows who or what originated matter. Nobody knows what existed before the Big Bang something happened to create everything.
0: Definitely. Though all of NASA's decades worth of research say that no matter what created matter, Earth does not sit at the center of the universe. I would rate Theory 2 a 2 out of 10.
2: I'd agree. However, that argument assumes that Theory 3 is not true, and it's the likeliest of them all. NASA and their scientists do potentially have the resources and skills to fake Earth's true form. But I don't think it's likely. It would be one of the largest frauds ever undertaken. This theory also fails to consider evidence from outside of NASA, like all of the nautical circumnavigations in history, or the literal hundreds of airlines who travel the globe every day using navigation based on Earth's spherical shape. Flat
0: earthers also have no solid explanation for what NASA is doing with our tax dollars instead of space research. Flat earthers claim that nobody can understand them because of their top secret nature. It's a convenient catch-22.
2: That seems to be a pattern. Every criticism of this theory gets compartmentalized into a government conspiracy. NASA and the government are keeping everything secret and hidden.
0: Based on the fact that it could be possible that NASA is conspiring against us, I'm giving theory number three a three out of ten.
2: As for theory number four, that gravity is not real and the Earth is actually accelerating upward, that's easily debunked. If Earth were constantly accelerating at the speed of gravity, it wouldn't be that long before we were traveling faster than the speed of light.
0: Well, at that speed, we'd be like a loose cannon flying through the universe. I would rank theory number four a one out of ten.
2: So then why are people so drawn to this conspiracy when there's insurmountable evidence to disprove it?
0: Well, I think it has to do with what it promises. Purpose. It tells people that they occupy the center of the universe. They were put here for a larger purpose and that there is something bigger than us looking down on us. Granted, some theories are scarier than others in that regard, but who doesn't want to feel purpose and significance?
2: I completely agree. I think human nature is capable of an incredible amount of denial in order to protect their sense of self, safety, and significance.
0: Well, not to mention, Flat Earth is a community now. So there's an element of acceptance that, when combined with an us-versus-them mentality, can be extremely powerful.
2: One thing I think is worth noting is the income streams that the Flat Earth movement is now generating. At least for the so-called leaders of the movement, the ones really pushing the views out there. Greed is a huge incentive. The question becomes, can they stop espousing their beliefs if it compromises their livelihoods? At this point, they have to dig their heels in deeper, compartmentalize harder.
0: And when you choose your facts selectively, the world can look like whatever you say it does,
2: even a disc. But playing with facts is a dangerous game. And when you make a disc out of the world, if you're not careful, you'll fall right off.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. We'll be back Wednesday with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify.
2: Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Conspiracy Theories, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker.
0: To stream Conspiracy Theories on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type Conspiracy Theories in the search bar.
2: Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth. Conspiracy Theories was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Dick Schroeder with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Travis Clark, and Joel Stein. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by Connor Sampson with writing assistance by Kate Gallagher and stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy.